There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plushcare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, and welcome to the Hall of Thumb podcast. Today we're going to talk to the brilliant Penny Martin, editor-in-chief of The Gentle Woman. Hello, is that Anna? Hi, Penny Martin. Nice to speak to you. Okay, so let's start. Uh, you grew up in a university town called St. Andrews. Uh, yeah, most people know it as the place where Prince William and Kate Middleton are... Uh, current, well, he's not a Prince of Wales quite yet, but um, part of our royal family uh, met. Um, it's quite a famous university town um, where they filmed Chariots of Fire, the film sequence where they're running along the beach. As a place to grow up, it, it was just very, I was very lucky. You're, you're surrounded by people that are connected to the university. Either their parents work there or there's something to do with education. So it was just a very academic, uh, ambitious, Um, literary uh, kind of climate to be a t- teenager. And there w- it wasn't particularly a shopping culture because it's just a small town. So we weren't really, we were just interested in buying records. We weren't even really that interested in fashion. And as a result, I think it gave you a peculiar education and one that has been very useful to me afterwards. I read somewhere that you start reading music magazines before you, you read fashion magazines. Oh yeah, for so, sure. I would get... Sounds, now defunct, um, Melody Maker, which is still, I think, is Melody Maker still hanging on there? And NME. Anyway, I would definitely get three three newspapers a week and I would devour them. And I probably, you know, I, I worked all weekend so that I'd probably make about £40 so I could buy four albums. <laughs> so I mean, that was, it was just completely focused on having a perfect record collection. I wasn't remotely interested in you know, um, buying brand fa- branded fashion. Certainly you're interested in the style culture that was encouraged by bands that you were listening to, like the Smiths and the Pixies and all that kind of <clears throat> indie music that suggested a particular kind of outlook and politics and style. But um, I wasn't traveling to Glasgow to buy Catherine Hamnett in the late 80s. I was working on my record collection. What did you do before you become an editor-in-chief of The Gentlewoman? Well, I was an editor before, but I was an editor of a website, which is very different. I worked for uh, Nick Knight's uh, project, Show Studio, from 2001 till 2007. So it it is, well, it's very different in the context of the fashion industry, but from the outside, it's actually not very different in that you're still working with uh, writers and photographers. And But, you know, obviously there was other... Uh, 
additional media on offer. You know, I was working with interactive designers and film and all that sort of thing. Mm. And prior to that, I'd worked in museums. Um, I started off working in the National Museum of Photography, Film and Television in the north of England. Uh, and then I came down to London to start a PhD and I worked in uh, libraries, women's library, but I was a curator of photographs there. Um, so it's always, you know, I began a career in museums and then kind of got diverted into uh, fashion. But actually, they're, they, they're, they're different and they're not very different. You know, from, from the outside, I think it's a similar kind of activity, curating a, an exhibition or looking after a collection from putting together you know, the, the, the kind of the digest of articles that would be in a magazine. Mm. Um, it's just slightly more exacting working in print than it is um, online. And, and then what happened? How did you um, become... Well, I, you know, I came to the end of um, what I felt I could achieve there and I was looking around and it wasn't clear to me what the next step would be. Um, uh, and I was approached... At the same time, by Kerten Yop told me that they were interested in setting up a woman's version of Fantastic Man, in in broad terms, you know, a women's magazine, something in 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 that kind of area. And at the same time, also, I was offered to become a professor at London College of Fashion, which is part of University of the Arts London, mm. um, and I did that for a year, uh, and then um, decided that really wasn't for me. It wasn't quite time for me to go back into academia um, and then uh, went back to Garten Yop and asked them whether they were still interested and it was 2009 so the kind of recession had already hit and it was actually quite a kind of choppy time in publishing it was around the time where a lot of magazines were sort of starting to fold <clears throat> and it seemed like an incredibly confident audacious idea to be launching a women's magazine but they were still interested and, and we went ahead and um, the rest you know. <laughs> so did you have your own vision at that time? or, it, or it... I, think, um, I think we had an idea of what we wanted it to be. We knew we wanted it to be an intelligent women's magazine that was really high quality. And that sounds very simple. It wasn't like we had a kind of um, a, a business plan or a kind of storyboard, but we did have a kind of common visual language. And don't forget, we also had the precedent of Fantastic Man. We knew that women wanted a version of Fantastic Man. We weren't, we just weren't sure exactly what bits to keep and what bits not to keep. And it wasn't really until we started working on it that that became obvious. What But, do you um, mean? You know, Fantastic Man is a personality-centered, high-quality, biannual magazine that takes a kind of um, sartorial approach to fashion. And we knew that that was definitely lacking in women's magazines. And then there are a few other things to consider with women's magazines and that, you know, Fantastic Man obviously was a response to women's publishing. You know, it used the kind of language and the kind of tone of voice of women's publishing to speak to men. That was its kind of um, very individual offer. So by the time we came to making a, a version, women's version of that, it wasn't very clever to use that tone of voice because that was only the voice that was originally in women's magazines in the kind of 50s and 60s. So we had to kind of create a different voice. That was what was different. But, you know, um, certainly uh, the gentlewoman owes a great debt to the original work that was done in, in um, uh, formulating Fantastic Man. What do you mean by intelligent magazine? Um, I think um, that didn't talk to the reader like a dumb consumer. I mean, 
uh, which sounds like a simple thing to say, but if you really look closely at the way that a lot of women's magazines and fashion magazines and style magazines talk to you now, um, it's not a question of whether you're interested in buying shoes. It's going to be which shoe you're going to buy, you know. And uh, it just felt that the whole universe of women's magazines had kind of become very narrow in like the last five, ten years. The magazines have become incredibly commercial. I don't necessarily mean looking, but I just mean really product driven. And, you know, PRs and fashion companies have got a great deal of control. And it wasn't a question of kind of setting something up to kind of buck the system uh, per se, but I think it was just to have a slightly wider horizons and be interested in different kind of women than the five women that, you know, five celebrities or five fashion people that were told that, you know, you should have on a women's magazine to sell it. So it was a question of maybe having one part. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase fashion in terms of the subjects this interviews one part fashion to kind of five parts other things and thinking about what they would be I mean that's not so pioneering of course that was a a discipline and a and a formula that's been present in women's magazines like since the 18th century it's just that I think people hadn't really noticed how radically they changed so you know it's just a question of looking at women in other fields whether it's politics or you know, you know, science or, you know, all the other things that should be obvious. It's just that they're not present in women's magazines. And then, you know, treating women respectfully in terms of the way that you not only interview them, so it's not just half-page press release interviews, but, you know, actually listen, making a kind of opportunity to hear what they have to say and what they want to do. And if you really talk to a lot of modern women of purpose, you know, if that's what you think we feature, a lot of them want to talk about their work. So it's a question of kind of trying to think about a way to find an exciting and interesting and captivating way to give women an opportunity to be taken seriously because that's what we found they want first off and then bring in the kind of frivolity and the humour afterwards. I think, 
you know, it's, when you're, you're trying to entice a kind of serious woman to be involved in a magazine, it's surprising how much you have to encourage them because they're quite suspicious about what you're going to do, the way that you're going to photograph them, if you're going to trivialize them, if they're going to be allowed to wear their own clothes, you know, if they're going to be photographed in a sexualized way. They're quite scared of being undermined by a women's magazine. So, mm. you know, I have to win quite a lot of trust. And then, you know, make them feel that it's worth their time to be interviewed for a 4,000-word article, which is going to be, you know, a huge amount of time for them. So, you know, it's, it's about proving that we're a capable set of hands. And so to explain what I mean by intelligence, I just mean treating the subjects respectfully. And I don't think you'd find many editors that would say that they're not intelligent and they don't treat women respectfully, but we just feel that there's a kind of extra dimension that's necessary to um, represent women respectfully in comparison with the way that many magazines do. Mm. You, you kind of already answered this question, but the gentlewoman have a slightly more academic and serious tone of voice. Than... You think it's academic, really? Um, yeah, if, if I think you... it's, we had to start quite dry. I think to make sure that the, it was clear that our position was different, we had to make sure we had a different tone from other women's magazines, which are kind of quite... Um, effervescent and and euphoric and you know relentlessly upbeat. I don't mean that ours needed to sound depressing by comparison, <laughs> but we certainly needed to find a much more straight-talking kind of deadpan kind of voice. And then, as I said, we needed a slightly different voice from Fantastic Man. Yeah, exactly. Because is it a bigger risk for women's magazine to use humor or to be funny? You... Well, you know, of course, every. Uh, Serious women is battling with the kind of, um, you know, the the, the 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 kind of way that is so lightly thrown that women aren't funny, you know, on one hand by kind of certain kinds of men, and then you know, secondly, that you know, if you venture anywhere near a question of feminism, you know, which obviously you know we're asked about a lot about whether it's a feminist magazine. Um, you know, that whole idea about, you know, you feminists, you've got no sense of humor. It's a very mm. difficult, you know, feminism isn't very funny, is it? Um, uh, and I think that it's a question of making sure that women are portrayed with, I think the way to be successful with it is to make sure that women are portrayed with warmth and humor. I don't mean that we make them seem slapstick funny. I think that that can seem amateur and um, certainly it can undermine the sophistication of the imagery i mean, um, I think Fantastic Man do extremely well, and so did Butt Magazine, obviously yeah. the predecessor of Fantastic Man, using humour. Um, and I think that it, it, it needs to be there, but I think you've got to be really careful with it so you don't make seem, people seem foolish. Why do you believe so much in kindness? <laughs> What a funny question. What do you mean? You talk about this um, in Gentlewoman, there's a, a voice, uh, a warm and friendly atmosphere. Uh, and I just think you want the magazine to feel like the kind of, you know, coffee morning or dinner party you'd want to throw. You know, you, you want it to feel like you're amongst the kind of people that... Or, you know, as an editor, you just want it to be like a party that you would throw and the way you would want to treat people and the way you'd want to make them feel. And when I, when I use kindness, it's a bit of a soppy word, but it's just for want of a better word to just describe somebody making them feel welcome. And, I mean, that seems obvious, but I don't really feel that welcome in a lot of the company of a lot of the magazines that I read. No. I feel a little bit other. 
um, a bit like you're not part of some kind of Hollywood star system of, of people, whether they're editors of other magazines or whether they're writers or whether they're media people or celebrities, but they just don't feel like people that I would know or want to sit down and talk to. And they certainly don't make me feel like they would like to sit down and talk to me. And I think that's your job as an editor. You're meant to be kind of throwing a bit of a party. So you better be a decent host, I think, is, is all that that comes down to. You know, I meet a lot of these people that read our magazine and they want to tell me things about it and they want to suggest people and they want to come to events and they want to go to readers' events and, and pick up the magazine. And I think that if you don't make those people feel welcome, then they don't stay. You know, I'd like the gentlewoman to evolve into kind of something that's a bit like a club for amazing women. You know, the women that are in it and the women that read it, you know, and if there feels like there's parity, then I think between those people, you know, if you feel that you belong amongst the women that are featured inside the magazine, then that's to do with the voice, and the voice is crucial to making sure that you feel part of it, I think, rather than, you may enjoy this cuff, or this, you know, or, oh, love the shoes, you know, those are different kinds of kind of fashion voices in certain types of magazines, but, yeah. you know, we're not just a fashion magazine, we're a women's magazine, and there are many women that we represent that aren't in fashion. So I don't want fashion to become a kind of tyrannical, sort of hectoring um, quantity in the magazine. It's, it's one part of reflecting a stylish modern woman, I think. Who's your dream person to put on the cover right now? <laughs> well, we've got, I could probably pull out a 40-page document of all the people that we want to put in the magazine. I mean, it, it, it just gets added to and edited. There's a long list and then there's a short list and there's a middle list, you know, there's hundreds of lists. Um, let me think. Let me tell you some of the people that we are always ask and never get. Um, Kate Bush, um, Hillary Clinton, um, Barbara Streisand. Uh, I mean, there's millions of them. You have listened to a Hall of Fame podcast, interview by Anna Åkerlund, sound by Patrick Lindén, and music by Anja Bigrell. Please check out the Hall of Fame website at halloffame.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.